0: All Around the West, Episode 7, Yellowstone National Park. Hey everybody, Scott and Sue here with the next episode of the AllAroundTheWest.com podcast. And today we have a special podcast for you. Uh, It's about our trip to Yellowstone National Park recently. And one of my favorite places to go. I love the things that you can see in this park. So I hope that you enjoy it. And at the end, I hope you'll also take a minute and go to see us at the other places you can find us, such as YouTube, Pinterest, Flickr, um, Tumblr, and, uh, and if you can find links to all those on the top of our website at allaroundthewest.com. So today we'd like to talk to you about Yellowstone National Park. Uh, this is a park that we've visited three or four times in the last year or so and I really like coming to Yellowstone I think it has some just some unique things about it obviously it's got the geysers and the the mud pots and the fumaroles and all those types of things but it's got some uh, beautiful areas with the mountains and the valleys and I love the the rivers that are running through the park one of my I, I really like that uh area where you leave west yellowstone and head toward madison junction and the madison river is flowing right along the river there and you see the the meadows and and all that and i just it's just to me it's a beautiful area and i really enjoy that as i as i do other areas of the park
1: so the the park is kind of laid out in a big giant loop and there are a lot of uh, it's you can look on the map and there's the big major areas of the park and so if you don't have much time in the park maybe if you just got one day you want to pick a couple of those big major spots to try to hit so that you hit the iconic things that everybody remembers about yellowstone to make sure that you see them but if you have more than one day in the park then there are a lot of kind of wayside things to stop and see that are really beautiful that Um, not everybody gets to see and sometimes they're a little less crowded there's a lot of waterfalls just right off the road that you don't even have to hike to and um, a lot of short trails and so there's just a lot of there's a lot of things in yellowstone sometimes all we think of is oh we're going to go see old faithful which is cool and you want to see old faithful and mammoth hot springs but there's a bunch of other stuff too that's really beautiful like scott
0: was saying so if you had just a a uh, one-day thing. What, what are the what are the things you think somebody ought to go to make sure they see?
1: Well, you have to go see Old Faithful because <laughs> everybody, everybody should see Old Faithful, Faithful once yeah. in their life. <laughs> and Mammoth Hot Springs is uh, again another thing that's one of the really famous picture things of you know of Yellowstone. Um, the I think also the Lower Geyser Basin is quite interesting because if you walk that trail, which is just a short, I mean it's not very long I mean it's not super short but I mean it's not a long trail, mostly boardwalks. You get to go you get to walk through and see lots of different um, geological things right in that one area. You see those mud pots, you see fumaroles, you see geysers, so you get to see kind of a lot all just in one relatively small area. So that would be a Don't miss spot. I think,
0: and to me, there's something about that view when you uh, are coming uh, from West Yellowstone and you come to it from uh, that direction. And I remember seeing it all of a sudden. There's this great big uh, meadow, and then you see this area where there's all this uh, steam and and rising, and just it looks out of this world kind of thing. So it is. It's something. It's a view I think you ought to go see and and walk through that area. Uh, anything I think they ought to see the falls, too, the big falls. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the falls the, of the Yellowstone.
1: Right, the the picture yeah. that you always see.
0: Yeah, so those, I think, yeah, there's other things you could go see, but the lower geyser base and Old Faithful, the falls and Mammoth Hot Springs are probably things. Now, that's a lot to put in. It is a lot. If the park's busy.
1: you You don't really realize, maybe, <clears throat> if you've never been there, when you just look at the map, how far it is between each of those kind of major spots on the map. There's a lot of driving in West Yellowstone, and it's two-lane roads, and people you know, you get behind people, they drive slow. If there's animals off to the side of the road,
0: forget about <laughs> it's it. a major traffic
1: <laughs> jam. And, you know, so it can take you quite a long time, you know, an hour to get from place to place. And, um, and then sometimes if it's in the summer and busy, parking lots are full, you're circling parking lots. So it can take a lot of time to get around Yellowstone to try to get to all those things. And so um, there is sometimes some value in, Going to one or two places, parking, and seeing a lot in those areas, you know, and not having to drive quite so much. But if you want to see those iconic things, you got to kind of move along and drive place to place.
0: So, having said that, um, the first time we went to Yellowstone last year was the 1st of May, and uh, not all the parks open at that point. Uh, We went in from West Yellowstone and were able to go all the way into Old Faithful. And let me tell you, there is not a lot of traffic at that point, and there's not a lot of other people to compete with. So uh, that's a great time to go see Old Faithful and the uh, Lower Geyser Basin and some of those areas that are open. You won't be able to get around the whole park and see all those things we just mentioned at that point.
1: No, but we we were up there for for another reason and just had... Like four hours or three hours just to run in the park. We just said, we're going to run in the park while we're here. And um, so, yeah, we went around the lower geyser base and went to Old Faithful. And we both decided, wow, we need to make a trip in the spring and come up here, up there, uh, here, spend a couple days and um, really do Yellowstone in the spring. Because, well, for one thing, it's like he said, less crowded, much cooler. And, um, in fact, it was kind of cold. I mean, it was snowing that day some, and the wind was blowing. But when we walked through the lower geyser basin and all the geysers <laughs> and the steam, that was really cool. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, we saw tons of animals, way uh, more than in the heated summer.
0: Yeah, and this recent trip, we spent basically a good part of two days in the park, and we saw... A few elk and one bison, yeah, and that was it, right? And that caused major, you know, traffic jams because there just wasn't much to see, and so people wanted to see it. So you'll see a lot more animals if you go early spring, yeah, early spring, yeah. Okay, well, um, we've talked about Lower Geisen Basin just a little bit. Uh, you know, there's a boardwalk there that walks all around, and there's some really interesting things to see there. I love those mud pots or the paint pots, I think they call them. Uh, they and we found out that they changed through the year.
1: Yeah, that was another interesting thing about spring. They're much thinner and um, more liquid, and they bubble all over the place. And much summer, higher. Yeah, yeah, way high. And in the summer, um, the the sign said this: uh, it gets drier and thicker, and so they they just kind of bubble up a little bit. But when we were there in May, yeah, the water was shooting up all over the place out right. of the or the mud out of the pots that was interesting
0: and in those uh meadows just before you get to lower geyser basin i think maybe on the other side too i can't remember but right in that area uh was a very common area for us to see herd of uh, herds of uh, bison so that's that's a good place to look for them
1: and a lot of elk too coming in from west yellowstone big herds of elk we saw in spring right and early summer but not late summer
0: so that's Lower Geyser Basin. There's a lot of things to see there. It doesn't take a long time, and it's a good walk. Uh, so on a boardwalk all the way, and, and that's a fun thing to do. Um, as Sue mentioned, we also went into Old Faithful. Uh, I, think, uh, I think you said that on that trip. We went all the way into Old Faithful, and um, that's, that's one of those don't-miss things. And if you don't, aren't aware of it, uh, Old Faithful, in the area, there is a large Geyser Basin as well that you can walk all around, and see a lot of geysers, a lot of other thermal features.
1: Yeah, a lot of interconnecting trails and boardwalks all through that area. And then if you go um, quite a ways on the boardwalks, you'll get to Morning Glory Pool, which is, again, kind of one of those iconic things. You'll recognize it when you see it um, from pictures. It's deep and bright turquoise blue.
0: So you can spend two or three hours or uh, more oh yeah. exploring that area. There's actually an overlook you can hike up to and see the whole Geyser Basin from above. So that would be fun to do as well. But, yeah, there's quite a bit to see there. And Old Faithful is basically a little town in the middle of of Yellowstone. I mean, there's uh, you can get gas there. You can buy groceries, I believe. You can mm-hmm. stay there. There's the Old Faithful Lodge and, and yurts and other things. Ca- other cabins. Cabins you can stay cafe. in. So, yeah. So all that's there. Uh, so if you need things like that, that's a good place to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is the falls, the the Yellowstone Falls. And there's two falls, upper and lower. And we, uh, on, there's a, a north rim side and a south rim side. From the north side, you can hike to the brink of the upper and the lower falls. We've done the upper, haven't done the lower yet. And it's a little bit of a steep hike, but but not. Oh, no, it is steep. <laughs> I guess there's no way around that. It's not as long. Lower is much longer and uh, a, a bit steeper. But uh, you hike down to right where the falls are going over, and that's quite a that's quite a view from there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's
1: quite impressive.
0: Yeah. So I would highly recommend you, you hike to the, the upper, the brink of the upper falls. Uh, if you have time and, and the energy, go to the lower as well. But then, make sure you go around to the south rim. And if you go, to, go out to Artist Point, there is a view from there of the lower falls, plus it's what they call the, the canyon, the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's this, uh, the, the river's cut a path through that, all that rock, and it's yellow and orange and red and white and all sorts of colors, and just as a stunning view from there. And the falls are just gorgeous from that location, the lower falls.
1: Yeah, that's that's the where the picture is taken from that you generally see. Uh, you can drive out there, there's a parking lot, and then just a little short walk to the lookouts, uh, crowded in the summer, not a huge parking lot.
0: All right, we'll have a, well, pictures of all these things on our website at allaroundthewest.com. If you go there and search for Yellowstone, you can find pictures, or if you go to our Flickr photo stream and, uh, and search for All Around the West, as the member, you can see those pictures. Uh, there's also another tra- another area on the South Rim called Uncle Tom's um, trail. trail. And uh, that's, first of all, in, there's a very short trail there to see the upper falls, get a good view of the upper falls. But then there's a longer trail that takes you right down close to the lower falls as well from the South Rim. And so if you have time, and that's a fairly steep hike. We did not do that one this time. But it's a fairly steep hike if you would like to do that. That would be uh, give you uh, some, some wonderful views of the lower falls. So w- there's also another famous um, geyser basin in Yellowstone called Norris Geyser Basin. And we visited that one just uh, a few days ago. And there's actually two basins as part of that. There's a one called Porcelain Basin and one called Back Basin.
1: So the Porcelain Basin is a shorter hike. Uh, it's mostly boardwalk and it goes it's pretty flat, except for the ver- the very end when you have to go up to the rangers. Back to the visitor or visitor center. They call it, yeah. yeah. That's short, steep. So just go a little slow if you're having a hard time. But the rest of it is just easy hike. And um you get you see all kinds of uh, the porcelain basin. So there's lots of colors, lots of pools and lots of different colors, blues and greens and oranges and yellows. Lots of different pools out there. Quite interesting.
0: Yeah, and a lot of vents. And well, do we see vents on that one? Yeah. There's a couple. A couple. Oh. Yeah. And then there's the back basin. That's a longer hike. Um, it uh, takes you around quite a few different geysers and mud pots. And springs and thermal areas. Kind of an interesting thing about Norris is it is the hottest location in the park, and is the most active thermally in the park. So everything's changing. I mean, things that are there today may not be there next week. Even the the brochure said they change that often, and so new things can can uh, develop, and some of the things that are there now can go away. So that's an interesting part about this particular area in, in Yellowstone.
1: And it go, kind of goes through the kind of more piney woods a little bit to get um, to where kind of those, some of those features are. The Porcelain Basin is pretty much flat. You can kind of see everything that where you're going to walk. But this one, you wind all back, you know, back basin. You wind all through the woods and, yeah, it had a couple of really interesting things. That blue mud pot was really cool. Oh, that was, cause yeah. It bubbled up kind of a blue color um, the mud pot and then around the rim it was a just a bright blue like the dirt and the rocks and tree broken trees pieces around the um, pot were a bright blue color like they were stained that was really cool
0: and and there was that one i don't remember the the exact name it was the dragon one do you remember that was called that oh, that
1: lagoon, that green dragon. Yeah, was that what
0: they called it? The dragon. I don't remember Some now, but that dragon. was that was an uh, interesting one. Uh-huh. It Was kind of in a little bit of a cave. Yeah. And it was bubbling up in a lot of different colors there. Yeah,
1: and it yeah. made the cave kind of the little
0: cavern look green. It's a lot, almost like a dragon's mouth in uh-huh. a way. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Uh, there's a number of places there that the stream, as there was water that's, you know, coming out of the ground in a number of different places and going down, and the stream took on a whole bunch of different colors. In, in both of these basins, and that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And you remember there was that one area that we saw in a couple different places that uh, in that hot water, there's this um, kind of like sl- algae, yeah, algae, slimy stuff. seaweed stuff that was growing there. Mm-hmm. And
1: big, long, big, long, whatever, yeah. sloughs of it. I yeah. The word is,
0: and again, we've got pictures of that on their website. If you'd like to see that, but that's interesting that there's something that would grow in that hot, mineral-laden water, and it apparently thrives there because there was a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So that was Norris Geyser Basin. So Mammoth Hot Springs is is a little different from each of these, although all of these are related to, you know, a, a thermal area that's underneath and is sending hot water up and the different amounts of and different types of minerals in the water cause different things to form. This is a set of travertine deposits where the, the water is, um, is uh, filled with limestone type um, uh, material and as it bubbles out and, and um, solidifies, the, these terraces grow. And this has gotten to be quite large. It's still an active area. And things again change there from year to year. Um, these, I don't know how high these are, but they are.
1: They're really tall. A couple
0: hundred feet oh, high. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so there's a whole set of boardwalks that you take to go up to all the different levels of these springs. Um, they kind
1: of go off in different directions, so you don't have to, it's not like one big loop. There's a bunch of small loops. Right, a bunch go of different loops. different areas. Right.
0: And There's a whole bunch of different areas, and there's areas that are changing, and they they will close things things off because uh, areas are changing there, and and uh, so what you see today may not be what you see next next year. Uh, it goes quite high, and the highest area you can walk to from the parking lot in the bottom, or you can get to from a road that's at the top, which we realized after we had walked all the way to the top, and we saw people coming down from above. So if you don't want to walk all the way to the top, go to the, take the the road that will take you to the top of the uh, deposits, the terraces, and then you can walk down from up there and, and see a pretty good view of things from up there. And there's a there's a pretty good um, walk to a uh, an area called Canary Spring, which had, when we were there in July, had the most water coming out of it, I think, from any area that we saw in Mammoth. And, and you get
1: to that from the top.
0: And you get to that from the top. And awesome. it's about a, I don't know, quarter-mile walk or something. Yeah. Not Not a very difficult walk at all. And that was that was really pretty, definitely worth going to see. I think. So in July there wasn't as much water coming over the in the springs there, the whole Mammoth Hot Springs area, as I believe there is earlier in the year. But there's still enough to make it very, very interesting and very, very pretty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of other things there at Mammoth Hot Springs. It's like a little town. There's uh, all, there's a an older hotel and a bunch of cabins and post office and restaurants and gas station all kinds of stuff there as well as um, the historic Fort Yellowstone that uh, the U.S. Army inhabited before it was a park and then a lot of those uh, soldiers were discharged from the army and became the first park rangers and so those a lot of those. Well, all those buildings there in historic Fort Yellowstone are being used for other things. I mean, park rangers live in the captain's quarters and other things and their offices. And so you can stroll through there. and
0: There's a little bit of a walking tour you can take. Yeah. I had not realized that the U.S. Army were the first park rangers, so to speak, of the park. It was a good while. It was like 30 years or so
1: uh-huh, before that, yeah. that they,
0: they uh, took care of the park
1: before it was turned over to the National Park Service, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's a, that was interesting.
1: There's kind of a little trail guide you can get that tells what each of the buildings were and you can walk around back there and quite interesting, learn some history about the fort.
0: So when whenever you go on any of the trails in any of the areas that we've talked about, make sure you look for a trail guide. It ha- will have some interesting points. In uh, it, and if and nothing else, it will have a map of the trail, so you'll know which way to go and what to look for for the things you want to see. Uh, Mammoth Hot Springs, as Sue mentioned, is is a is, it's a community also. They've the visitor center, big visitor center there. Uh, there's a post office there. There's um, uh, accommodations. There's a store. There's a ga- You can get gas. Uh, everything you need is there at Mammoth Hot Springs. That's that's uh, very close to the north end of the park. Very close to Gardiner, Montana, and it's not far to get to if you come in from Gardiner. And it's that entrance that you come into; you can see the Roosevelt Arch as well, that was put up there. Right. So if you're if you haven't seen that, you've probably seen pictures of that. It's kind of famous as well. Yeah,
1: it's famous. Famous photo of the arch.
0: So there are a lot of animals in in Yellowstone. Um, but depending on what time of the year you go, you'll see more or less. We have yet to see a bear in in Yellowstone, but we know people who have seen them. We know they they are still there. <laughs> but um, don't be surprised if you don't see one.
1: Some of that is a function of the way that the National Park Service manages the park. Sure. And the the old days when we were kids and you know the part the bears just wandered around and went wandered up to your car and all that stuff. Um, that's that doesn't happen yeah Yeah. that's history It doesn't happen anymore because um, of the way the wildlife is managed they the trash cans are you know bear proof and you don't leave stuff around and so because of that the bears don't have as much reason to come and hang around the campsites and things like that or the roadways so um, yeah it's it's not uncommon to not see a bear. I just right. said a double negative. But anyway, it's uncommon to see a bear.
0: <laughs> right. But um, you you will, probably, you will see some animals. You'll see some elk. You may see some buffalo. Uh, our son saw a wolf in, in, in Yellowstone. At night, At
1: night, though. At night. That though. was, at, yeah. night. That was yeah. in the, at night after in, dark. And after you can go to Yellowstone.
0: Yeah, it's open 24 hours a day. So, And if I remember right, it is free after 10 or 1030 or so Something it seems like, like that, that. Um, check the their website to see the details on that but seeing Yellowstone at night would be a certainly a different view of things so yeah. that would be interesting to do in fact seeing there are a lot of ways to see Yellowstone the summer is not the only time you can go as I say it's open 365 days a year and you can actually go in winter and some of the trail some of the roads are uh, Most of them, many of them are closed in the winter, but some of them are groomed for over the snow vehicles. And you can take snowmobiles or they have some other special snow coaches that you can take a tour of Yellowstone in and see it in a whole different view. And we've not done that yet, something we'd like to do. But don't be, if you can't get there in the summer and want to see it in a different way, don't be afraid to go in the winter.
1: And if you like cross country skiing, that's available all through the park.
0: So, spring and fall, it's also open. You can go see things there. And as I said, our experience was that in the spring we saw a lot more animals. They came down to where the warmer uh, basin, the, the geyser basins were, and, and that was where they were. So, that definitely yeah. something to think about.
1: Cooler and less crowded. So, you know, something to think about if, if you're able to, to vacation, not in the summer.
0: You'll definitely have a better, chance, better uh, experience with the crowds because it is very busy during the summer months. We've been there in July, primarily in July, yeah. and it's it's quite crowded. We, we were able to always find parking spots if you just circle around.
1: If you're patient. If you're
0: patient, you can always get a parking spot. People are leaving, and we never had a problem getting a spot, uh, but there, there are a lot of people, uh, and you'll have to deal with that. So other times of the year may be better. So speaking of that, there are uh, places for you to stay in Yellowstone, as we mentioned, a couple places, several places that have Cabins. There is also camping available. I saw that there is actually over 2,000 campsites and 12 different campgrounds, and uh, there are also several communities just outside the park park borders where you can stay. Gardner, Montana, is on the north and is just um, right at the edge of of the north entrance to West to to Yellowstone, and the city of West Yellowstone, also in Montana, is right there at the west end of the park. And provides access to it. Just again, just a few hundred yards from from the edge of the of the park, and both of those have a number of motels and restaurants and places to rent things to do and go hiking and rafting and um, horseback riding and all sorts of things. So both of those are areas to stay. Now, just north of Gardner, uh, about 45 minutes is a town called Livingston. Now, the town's uh, of Gardner and West Yellowstone in the summer, at least, their hotel rooms are going to be pretty pricey, 200 bucks and up, is what you're probably going to, going to be paying. In Livingston, that's during the summer months. In Livingston, which is a little farther away, about 45 miles north of Gardner, it was about half that. And mm-hmm. so, if you can, if you, if you don't mind driving a little bit longer, you can save a little bit of money. There isn't much else around the areas of, of Yellowstone to to stay in, but those both have uh, accommodations. And they do book up, so fill up. So you want to book book those early. Uh, get, reservations. get reservations. If you want to
1: stay inside the park at any of the um, hotels or the lodges or cabins, you have to get reservations you know, months and months in advance. So no. if that's an experience you want to have, you have to plan ahead for that.
0: So there's a lot of areas in Yellowstone that we haven't talked about, a lot of areas and places, for things for you to see. haven't even talked about Yellowstone Lake, that big, huge lake right in the middle of of Yellowstone, and that's a beautiful view as well and a lot of things to do there. So there's things you, you, almost anything you'd like to do, you can do there. So that's Yellowstone National Park. It is located in the northwest corner of Wyoming, has five entrances. There's two on the north and then one on each of the other sides. Check our website, allaroundthewest.com, for a map. As we mentioned earlier, it's open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, but some of the roads will be closed to wheeled, to wheeled vehicles from November to either May or June. There are five visitor centers, and those times of operation vary quite a bit between uh, the visit, different visitor centers and the times of the year. It costs $25 to get in. And that lasts for seven days. And there is a $50 annual pass if you're going to be visiting it quite a few times in a particular year. And, of course, uh, there is the $80 interagency pass that gets you into all the national parks and monuments and so forth. If you want to camp in Yellowstone, there's 12 campgrounds. There's five that take reservations and seven that are first-come, first-served. total of 2,000 campsites. And as we went into... Yellowstone just a few days ago and we went in oh, about 10:30 or so many of the campsites still had uh, spots and available and the fees vary for those campsites so again see our website for links to information about about that so the, that's Yellowstone National Park um, I'm Scott I'm Sue and this is the podcast for allaroundthewest.com
1: where's your next adventure